Hey folks, JR, back for another episode of Echoes of Shannon Street Case File. It's going to be episode 86, Some Sort of a Messiah. City of Memphis Center Office Memorandum to Captain John Talley, OCSU from Detective Tom Marshall Jr., date January 17, 1983. Intelligence information in regards to the Shannon 7 Justice Committee. As per your instructions, Detective T. Marshall went to the 2239 Shannon address on Friday, 1-1483, approximately 12.01 p.m. Upon arriving, I observed several male blacks who represented some type of organization. It was also found later that a press conference had been called by a male black known as Lance Watson, Old Sweet Willie Wine, second alias, and most current, Minister Abdul. Sweet Willie Wine had called the press conference regarding the shooting of the seven male blacks that had now become known as the Shannon Seven. Might be noted that Lance Sweet Willie Wine appears to be the organizer as well as the main spokesman for all parties interested or having any concern in regards to the Justice Committee. Also present was N.T. Brother Green, who is representing the Cypress Health and Safety Committee. Brother Green appears to be the second spokesman representing the group known as the Shannon Seven. Brother Green did not make any opening speech representing the group, but only backed up Lance Sweet Willie Wine Watson's statement made to the press. I get the feeling that Detective Marshall enjoys uh, typing out the entire name for Mr. Watson. Brother Green did not make any statement to the press openly, only in private. Also present was the 8th District Organization, which was represented by C.B. Myers, who is a male black. He was there basically as an onlooker and did not make any type of speech openly to the press and at times was observed to talk with people in an effort to more or less quell or possibly put a lid to some of the rumors and some of the other distractions that were being attempted to be made by Lance Watson and Brother Green. An organization called MAPAC was also there and was being represented by a Mr. William Bill Larsha. Basically, William Larsha was an observer and onlooker, as was C.B. Myers. He did not make any oral statements to the press at that time. However, he was observed to be talking to individuals who had gathered around and was making an attempt to somewhat try to bring the group under control and to keep them from becoming involved with Lance Sweet Willie Wine Watson's attempt to possibly start some type of trouble. I'm sorry to be laughing, folks, but oh my God. 
might be noted that the 8th District Organization and the MAPAC Organization are not organizations that are condoning any type of organized violence and that they were then primarily, I'm sorry, and that they were there primarily to help try to control the crowd and keep any trouble from being ignited by Lance Watson. And Mel Black drove on to Shannon Elementary School's parking lot, jumped out and took two green, black, and red flags from the rear of the car, ran across the street to the 2239 Shannon address, and nailed the nailed the flags to the front of the house and then stood at attention. I am glad to hear that there were people, individuals, organizations that were wanting to protest but to do it in a way that involves nonviolence. Organizations that preach violence I, I just I don't agree with that. I don't think that accomplishes a thing to do that. Page two, Shannon seven. Behind sweet Willie Wine. The male black appears to be from the Oh Lord folks, uh Al Janicu Al I'm so embarrassed. I have no idea how to pronunciate that. It looks like A-J-A-N-A-K-U family who are also from North Memphis. This family, I'm just going to call it the A family because I sure can't pronounce that name. The uh, John Jew family, oh my goodness. Yes, we do need an educated person reading this. Consists of approximately 100 persons, and they all live in the area bound by Jackson on the south, Henry on the north, Randall on the east, and Olympic on the west. This male black is described as approximately 170 pounds, stocky build, 5 foot 10 tall, very dark complected, full beard and mustache, wearing light-colored trousers, dark, multicolored long-sleeved shirt, and a green dashiki on top of the sweater. Folks, I apologize if I just crucified that word as well. The unknown... (laughs) The unknown male black was operating approximately a 1965-66 four-door white Pontiac bearing Tennessee license Bravo Kilo Charlie 821, which shows to be registered to a Cherry Allen of 1321 Valentine on a 1962 Chevrolet pickup blue in color. The uh, John, Lord, he's added letters to it now. The uh, John Juicer, known to have the potential to be violent. 
Approximately 12.30 p.m., 114.83, Sweet Willie Wine called for reporters and press personnel, and he started his press conference. He stated that they had lied when it was stated in the paper that he had been used to negotiate. He further stated that the situation would have been different had he been given the opportunity to negotiate. Now, well, it's always easy to talk about what could have been done. He further advised that the only thing he was in agreement with was that the other people had said and that there was just a mass killing and it was uncalled for and that they were tired and fed up with it. He insinuated that some type of recourse might be taken. So the mass killing was bad, but torturing a police officer to death is not bad. It seems to be a one-sided uh, opinion. He continued to speak, and upon ending, announced a planned scheduled march for 11 a.m. 11583, which will begin in front of the 2239 Shannon address. The march is scheduled to cover the entire Hyde Park area in commemoration of the Shannon 7 incident. There were approximately 150 to 175 persons in attendance at the press conference, mostly young black male adults. Upon observing this crowd, it appeared that sweet willy wine had some effect. As they began to leave, a lot of them began shouting obscenities towards the police in general and also open threats towards police officers who might have to come into the area to make calls. What? Sounds like the situation now, doesn't it? Amazing. Things haven't changed. People in the crowd also were observed to state that there was no need to put black officers in the area, that they would get them too, as though it did not make any difference who. They were a part of the entire situation that developed at 2239 Shannon Avenue. Northeast Community Mental Health Center. That's on Shelby Oaks Drive. February 10, 1983. Sergeant Holly, Memphis Police Department, Security Squad, 201 Poplar Avenue, Memphis, Tennessee, 38103. Dear Sergeant Holly, subject your request by telephone conversation on 2883. For a letter giving the content of my telephone conversations with Captain Lewis pertaining to the Shannon Avenue hostage incident. When we went through the negotiations and whatnot, there was mentions made of uh, psychiatrists who had uh, treated Lindbergh Sanders. That's this doctor here. On the morning following the hostage taking, I was made aware of the incident 
and that one of the center's patients, Lindbergh Sanders, was involved. I phoned Captain Lewis to give any information that we had which might be useful. I spoke with him by phone about three times between approximately 8.30 a.m. and 10 a.m. I related Lindbergh Sanders' diagnoses, paranoid state with secondary depression, his frequency of visits, and his most recent visit to the center, 12-22-82. I think I also described his condition during his treatment here, six years, as being psychotic at times with prominent religious delusions, seeming to believe at times that he was some sort of messiah and that he at times had direct communication with God and had referred to himself as little Jesus. He believed that his duty in life was to save others from hell by converting them to his particular religious beliefs. His chief concern, and the most trustful for him, had always been his immediate family since he was unable to convert them, and therefore they were doomed to go to hell. He was at times very depressed because of this. I was not aware of any violence being directed towards others except an occasional family dispute, and in particular, I was not aware of any violent tendencies inherent in his delusional system, nor of any actual followers, but as already stated, I knew he attempted to convert others. Page 2, February 10, 1983. After further review of the chart, I found two notes by other psychiatrists stating that Mr. Sanders believed he had been attacked and killed by police in 1975 and that God had brought him back to life and he therefore could not be killed again. I phoned Captain Lewis back, gave him this information, and told him I was sorry that this was the case. Captain Lewis asked me how long his present psychotic condition could last. I told him that I did not expect it to remit in the present situation. Well, obviously not all this going on. I seriously doubt there'd be a chance for him to cool down. He then asked if I had any suggestions. I told him there might be some possibilities of salvaging the situation by working within Mr. Sanders' psychotic system and that I would attempt this if I, if it should seem feasible. Captain Lewis informed me that the police had been unable to establish any meaningful conversation with Mr. Sanders, but if they did, they would send for me. In retrospect, and particularly after hearing part of the tapes of Mr. Sanders that were played on television, I do not think I could have accomplished anything by talking with Mr. Sanders. I agree with you there. If I can be of any further assistance, please do not hesitate to contact me. Sincerely, John Downs, M.D., Staff Psychiatrist. Uh, there's nothing that was going to save this situation here. Nothing other than what was already done. 
All right, folks, that's going to wrap up this episode here. Some interesting uh, reading material. Shame when you have a tragic incident like Shannon Street. You seem to have people come out of the woodwork and definitely want to question their motives as to are they really out to do something to improve the community or are they just in it for themselves a little self-glorification anyways folks I appreciate y'all thanks for tuning in we will get back together in a few days and continue the follow-up investigation into the Shannon Street incident and as always folks I'll see you down the road